Seven years ago, I was trying to choose a graduate program. I remember my coworker who told me about his brother who went through a full-time MBA program only to graduate with $50,000 in debt and no job. But I also heard of others that had a lot of success with graduate school. What makes the difference between a waste of money and a resounding success? Previous episodes in this mini-series have focused on talking to program directors, but in this episode, I'll share my own experiences from applying to MBA programs and beginning my client-side career in Insights. Today, I hope to share the five things I wish I knew when choosing the right graduate school. Whether you're considering a graduate program in the future or thinking about switching jobs or careers, these steps can help you, I hope, as they helped me. This is Digging for Insights, the marketing research podcast for insights professionals and businesses looking to deeply understand their customers so they can grow. I'm Stephen Griffiths, a Fortune 500 corporate researcher. Join me as we talk with experts about inspiring case studies, career advice, and research methods that will lead to growth. This episode has a lot of details and specific suggestions, so it could be hard to remember all of this as you're listening to this episode. I suggest that you visit diggingforinsights.com slash six, the number six, since this is the sixth episode, to get your free PDF handout that highlights all the details we talked to today. Again, that is diggingforinsights.com slash six. Personally, I feel very fortunate that my MBA experience was incredible. Not only did I have a great experience in my classes, I learned a ton, and I transitioned into my dream career at graduation. Although I had a lot of success, there were still a lot of mistakes I made, and I wish someone would have given me a heads up before I started the program. Today, I'll cover the five lessons everyone should know before applying to graduate school. Lesson number one, figure out your long-term career goals first. Lesson two, learn if a graduate program is even needed to reach your ideal career. Lesson number three, which program will help best achieve your goals? Figuring that out isn't as easy as you might think. Lesson number four, choose a program with the best ROI. It's not just a financial calculation. And lesson number five, ensure that your target company hires you when you graduate. Step number one, figuring out your long-term career goals. As you probably know, once you take a look at essays and applications to almost any graduate program, one of the key questions is what your long-term career goals are. And there's really two ways to approach this. One, you can be like many people that I knew who put together a feasible career goal just to get into the program. Or you could take a little bit more time and try to really discover what it is you do want to do for your long-term career. The fact is, the more research you do before applying to a program about what you want to do long-term, the easier it will be to choose the right program, to know what companies you want to apply to afterwards, and ultimately have a better experience overall. So here's a couple tips that I have, three to be precise, for how to figure out your long-term career goals before you apply to a graduate school. My guiding principle for this comes from Vidyotham Reddy, who is a director of analytics at General Mills and currently is a director of advanced analytics at Mars. His advice to me was try to get as much broad exposure and deep technical experiences as possible early in your career. 
And I think that's exactly the key is getting that diverse set of experiences so you can get a better idea of what you want to do in the future. So tip number one to figuring out your long-term career goals is informational interviews. I remember reading What Color Is Your Parachute when I was transitioning after college and trying to find a job. And there they basically talk about informational interviews as a key way to not simply get a job, but to have conversations with people, maybe just 20 or 30 minutes long, to get a sense of what they're doing and learn the information you need so you can map out your career journey. So for instance, when I graduated from my undergrad, I was able to make a connection with uh, Kristen Gupta, who was a consumer insights professional at General Mills at the time. And she told me about the experiences that she had, launching new innovation in yogurt, the good work-life balance she had in her job, and her opportunity to manage a budget and uh, work on a lot of different research projects, and ultimately delivering the results that mattered to her team. And for me, by simply having a 20-minute conversation on the phone with her, asking about her work, the ups and the downs and the challenges, I gained a better understanding of what it would be like to work on a client-side firm and to do that kind of marketing research role. And that helped me realize, huh, that's something that I'd probably be interested in. Tip number two for choosing your long-term career goals is getting as much exposure as you can in your current role. So as I mentioned earlier, I worked at Nielsen right after graduation and worked pretty closely with a lot of consumer insights professionals who were on the client side. And as I worked with forecasts and delivered final presentations, I gained a better understanding of what that type of work was like. Another thing I did was try to do stretch assignments. And wherever you're working, there's often opportunities to volunteer and get broader exposure than you currently have in your job. And for me, Nielsen at the time was launching its first mobile app. It was called Nielsen Top 10, and they didn't have anyone to do the internal research about what the interface of that app should look like. And I raised my hand. It was on top of my day job, but it was a great opportunity to design surveys and pieces of research to understand what the interface and what the key benefits of the app would be for potential customers. And that helped us design an app that um, was ultimately well-received when it first launched. I'd say the third tip for trying to understand your long-term career goals involves uh, pursuing different internships and summer opportunities. And there's a couple ways of doing this. First of all, during the undergrad, usually there's lots of opportunities either during the semester or um, in the summer between semesters to get lots of experiences. And I definitely encourage you to take as many opportunities as you can to try out different industries, different types of work to get a better feel for what you want to do in the future. Another opportunity is even as you get closer to a graduate program or even to an MBA, there's often a few month gap that people will finish their previous job before they start graduate program. And I've known several people who actually get an internship for two or three months right before they start graduate school so they can get some more experience. Clearly, everyone knows that they're uh, there on a short time frame, but this still gives them an opportunity to work on meaningful projects to get experience, not only so it boosts their resume, but so they ultimately understand where they want to go long term. And that makes all the difference. Now, clearly, there's a lot of people that still might not know what their career goals are. And that isn't the end of the world. That's one of the reasons why you can go to a graduate program and and figure that out. I would caution you, however, that the more you can have an idea, even the type of work you want to do or the types of industries you're interested in, the easier it will be to choose the right graduate program and ultimately get exactly what you want out of the program. All right, so that's lesson number one. 
understanding your long-term career goals so you can better understand and choose your graduate program. Lesson number two is learn if your graduate program is even needed to achieve your career goals. If you were like me, I thought, wow, my goal is to go and get an MBA. But really, the goal should be to get the career that you want to get. And as long as you do enough research to understand what that looks like, you might not necessarily have to even take out loans and go to a graduate program. So a couple examples of how this can play out. I remember I had a friend during my undergraduate years who really wanted to do elementary teaching. He went to his school counselor and at the program he was at and asked, and this counselor said, well, you know, take um, the subject that you want to teach on. So if you want to be a math teacher, take some course on mathematics, and you'll be able to graduate. And I've heard that those jobs are in high demand, and, and you should be fine. And so this poor friend did exactly as he was told and graduated, and then only realized that he needed a teaching certificate and actually was unable to get a job and had to go back to school to get the teaching certificate he needed. It's a bit of an extreme example, but I think it happens a lot of times where we get career advice from people who don't know the career as deeply as we should know. And so ultimately, the best way to know where you want to go in your career is talk to the people who are doing what you want to do. Don't talk to career counselors. Don't talk to friends of friends who might know. Talk to the people who are doing that actual job. They're in the best position to know what those companies are looking for, what that job actually entails, and to make sure that you can be prepared as you can to go into that type of career. On the flip side of that, I remember having a conversation with Eric Dolan, who is now an associate director of Insights at Johnson & Johnson. And as I talked to him to understand what career trajectory looked like, he shared how he started at the marketing research supplier side, worked there for a number of years at a few different firms, and then transferred and worked at um, Consumer Insights, or CMK, at Procter & Gamble and eventually at Johnson & Johnson. And I loved hearing his stories and better understanding the specific steps I needed to take, what they were looking for in interviews, what experiences they most valued, and that helped me to know, one, that I wanted to go into that type of career, and two, how exactly I could get there. Another consideration, if you're looking to know if a grad program is right for you, is asking the companies you're most interested in where they hire their talent. Uh, it's a bit of a dated example, but still very true. My father-in-law really wanted to work at Eli Lilly, the pharmaceutical company. So he found out where they recruited from. They had a few target schools that were close by, and he specifically applied and got his degree from those schools so that he could work there full-time. And that's exactly what he did and had a very successful career at Eli Lilly. I'd say the same things are very true, where most big companies in the world have target schools that are located closer by that are tend to be regionally very strong, but maybe not quite of national prominence. And very often, those are opportunities you can get a good education, you can get into a company that you want to get into without necessarily having to get into some of the more competitive and more expensive uh, national programs out there. So one example of that is I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, just around there when I was interested at working at, at Procter & Gamble. And so I said, how do I, you know, work at a client side role at P&G? And they said, well, you know, Indiana University or the University of Wisconsin-Madison both recruits from that program. And so I specifically chose graduate programs that um, made sense and that would allow me to work at Procter & Gamble later on, which is uh, eventually ended up in an internship at P&G, which I really enjoyed. So that's lesson number two, is thinking carefully, what do I need to achieve 
my career goals. And for some friends, maybe you find out that certain career experience or certifications is really what you need to get where you need to go. And you might not necessarily have to choose a graduate program at all. Lesson number three, choose the program that will help you get to your target career. I know what you're thinking. Well, of course, I want to choose the graduate program that gets me to my target career. But I would argue that many people who apply to MBA and graduate programs are focused too much on getting into the program and not focused enough on getting into the target career they want to get into. I remember when I was an undergrad at BYU and I went to the advisement center to learn how I could get into the BYU MBA program. I will always remember what Kristen Adair, the BYU director of MBA recruiting, and now the recruiter at Google, said to me. She said, don't focus on what the graduate program wants. Focus on what hiring companies are looking for. At first, when I talked to Kristen, I was asking, what is BYU, the MBA program, looking for in me as a candidate? And she pushed me hard to say, you know, don't think about getting into MBA so much. Focus instead on what those companies are looking for so that once you get into a program, you're able to get the experiences and get the job that you want to get. So as you think about which programs you want to focus on, I would encourage you to look at at least three different metrics. The first is look at the placement rate. So most graduate programs have a specific rate, which is the number of people that get jobs within three months of graduation, and that's the job placement rate. If that is not publicly posted for a program you're interested in, usually you can get those statistics by calling or reaching out to the program directly. And once you get the rate, say it's you know 80% or 90% of graduates have a job within three months of graduation, you then want to ask the next question, which is, who are the students that are not getting placed at graduation? Are those students similar or different than your background and experiences? And then you'll also want to ask about the students who are getting the jobs at the companies where you want to work at. Do they have more or different experiences than you have? Those are important to understand, to, under, to realize if even if you get into that program, what are your chances for getting the types of jobs that you're looking for? So that's the first tip. The second tip for choosing the right program with a career focus is hiring companies. And specifically, most graduate programs will list the companies that have hired there in the past. Most programs want to be very generous in that list, and so often list companies that have hired in the last three or four years. I would, once again, encourage you to do a little bit more research, talk to the program directly, and find out how many of those companies listed actually hired students this year. How many hired students last year? Do you have any idea of how many of them will hire students next year? And getting that granular view will help you not just get into an MBA program and hope that you'll get a good job, but have a much better idea of the specific companies that regularly recruit there and what you have to do in order to get one of those jobs. The third tip for choosing the right program, all part of lesson three here, is looking at your alumni network and the long-term value of that program. I remember as I was looking at different programs, I had a friend who was from the University of Wisconsin-Madison's MBA program. She had been graduated for a couple of years, was looking to make a career transition within Consumer Insights, and all she had to do was give her resume to a couple people from the advisory board, and she had a several job offers to choose from in a, a matter of a few weeks. And that's simply because that was such a strong network. They knew their students, they knew what their background was, and they were able, 
able to easily make introductions in order to get them into the jobs they wanted to get into. For me, I realized, wow, that's a lot of value that comes from not simply getting through the program, but having a strong network and advisory board to go with it. And no matter where you are, um, consider what that network and what the alumni organization is going to do for your career. The one caveat I will have for that uh, that story and, and alumni networks in general is to understand that usually the most value from your alumni network will happen within five years of graduation. Once you're past five, ten years of graduating from graduate school, typically your contacts at the companies you've worked at will be more relevant and more promising than those from your graduate program. And so there's a lot of value from an alumni network for sure, and it can go on for years and years, but the greatest value tends to be right after you graduate. All right, lesson number four, choose the program with the best ROI. So once again, at first glance, this sounds like a pretty common thing to do, right? Wouldn't we choose a program that's going to have the greatest return on investment or ROI? Take a look at all the pros of attending the program, look at the costs of attending the program, and then be able to make an intelligent decision. What I would push is to think a little bit more broadly in terms of considering the costs and the benefits of going to a program, and it goes much beyond simply monetary value. One example of this was a friend who got into several top 10 MBA programs, and he looked at the recruiting companies at each of those programs and find out, found out that he was able to get a good job from either one of those programs. The recruiting situation wasn't very different for what he wanted to do with his career. But one of those programs, the slightly lower ranked one, gave him a half-tuition scholarship worth, worth you know $50,000, and the other one did not. And so he had to choose what he thought was most important. For him, he specifically thought that the higher-ranked program got what he was looking for, and so he chose that. But I would say not everyone necessarily might choose that. And the more that you clearly understand the trade-offs of different programs, you can actually get programs that might give um, scholarships or uh, tuition waves if you know exactly what you're looking for. In the case of my friend who chose that MBA program, I admired him for knowing the pros and cons, for having weighed out the ROI, and for him, um, he was able to make the choice that made sense for him. Clearly, there's a lot of costs that take into account when you're calculating return on investment, you know, the parking, the rent. Um, I would also consider school trips. Um, Those can be pretty expensive. And then I would also encourage you to think about uh, scholarships. You know, lots of diversity organizations do give scholarships and schools award scholarships as well. Most schools, graduate programs in particular, are often looking to get nationally ranked. And usually to get nationally ranked, they need to attract students that have high test scores. And so very often by talking directly to programs you're interested in, they can give you a very specific range of the types of test scores that you need to get in order to have a much higher chance of qualifying for scholarships. Not to fear, right? If you take standardized tests a few times and you're just, that's not your strength, totally get it. I have a number of friends who didn't get great test scores, but were still able to have strong relationships with recruiting companies, great work experience, and were able to get in. But the more they they could specifically understand the test scores required, the easier it was for them to study hard and potentially qualify for additional scholarships. My last story for this point, when you think about the ROI, is consider carefully the amount of debt that you'll get into once you start graduate school. 
I think a lot of people nowadays think, you know, I'm going to graduate school, it's an investment in my future, and I'm going to pay whatever money I need to pay in order to make that happen. And while sometimes that might be true, I would argue many times people underestimate the weight of debt later on in life, hence why we have uh, staggering student debt as a nation right now in the United States. I'd love to share a bit of my experience as well. When my wife and I were applying to graduate schools, we worked really hard to be frugal and think carefully about the return on investment we were getting. We chose the University of Wisconsin-Madison because we knew that led to the career we wanted to get to, and because we knew that scholarships were available. We learned about test scores that were needed in order to get those scholarships, and I spent eight months retaking (laughs) that GMAT in order to get a high enough score in order to qualify um, for some scholarships and felt very fortunate that I was able to do so. Once I got into the program, we made a lot of lifestyle adjustments. We moved into graduate housing. Even though we had kids, we lived in a a 650-square-foot apartment, and uh, even though a lot of my MBA uh, peers were living in much nicer apartments because that's what they were used to and what was important to them. Um, I also downgraded from a smartphone to a dumb phone, and the number of comments I had from people who made fun of me because of my dumb phone was actually pretty hilarious. But ultimately, I wanted to save money every month so that I wouldn't have to take out additional loans and that I could live on the money and the stipends and the money that we had saved beforehand. And ultimately, through the two-year MBA program, we graduated debt-free, and we never had to take out any student loans. Now, clearly, that doesn't apply to everyone. Everyone's situation is different. But I would suggest that no matter where you are, there are probably ways to live a little more frugally, to be really careful with um, applying for scholarships, with the specific program you need to get where you're going, rather than choosing the very best program out there that might be more expensive than you actually need. Lesson number five, ensure that your target companies hire you when you graduate. Similar to the point I made earlier, a lot of times we focus on just getting into the graduate program without thinking really critically about how our target companies will hire us from that program. So I knew a story of someone who wanted to work in Consumer Insights, and the one main company that recruited Consumer Insights from that program recruited much earlier in the Uh, semester, not when most companies were on campus to interview. And so without prior understanding of that difference in timing, my friend got through all the semester and looked at the final list of companies who were coming at the same time and said, wait a minute, where's the company I was looking for? And simply missing that interview window meant that person didn't even have a chance to interview, let alone get accepted at the company that he was really hoping to get into. If my friend had really focused on not just getting into the program, but actually understanding the specific requirements of each of those target companies, he would have had a lot more success in being ready for the interview, which was much earlier than he normally was anticipating. Another example of carefully knowing your target companies is often through conferences. Many graduate programs allow students to travel to national conferences to get jobs. And often those conferences, especially for MBA programs, are held in September and October, so right after you start the program. Another way to focus on the companies once you're into your graduate program is to work really hard to understand the profile of the candidates that those companies are looking for. So for instance, are those companies Uh, caring a lot about the way that you tell your interview stories? Do they have a specific way of asking interview questions? 
Do they have a specific application they want you to fill out? Asking all of those questions in advance can make a huge difference for getting the kind of jobs that you're hoping to get. One thing I do want to call out specifically is the importance of mock interviews, or in other words, practice interviews that help you get ready for the actual interview with given companies. One example where this is especially true is with management consulting. So my brother-in-law coming out of undergrad was really focused on trying to get a management consulting job. Rather than just hope that he'll be a good interviewer, my brother-in-law did tons of mock interviews. And through a lot of practice, uh, he probably did over 40 different mock interviews before those actual interviews came up, and it made all the difference. And in his case, he was able to get um, an offer from one of his top management consulting companies that he was hoping to get. Although that's a very extreme example from the management consulting landscape, I would argue that interview preparation is the key to separating yourself from a wide array of candidates who interview and making sure that you have your stories practiced, that they're ready to go, that they're under two minutes is really critical. And the difference is huge in the ability to not only have experiences, but tell them effectively. And I know one classmate who didn't have a lot of previous work experience, had to use a lot of extracurriculars from college to demonstrate the skills that companies were working for. But because she was so good at telling those interview stories, she was able to get a full-time offer that many other people with actually much more marketing experience were not able to land. So telling those stories and preparing for those interviews and doing those mock interviews makes all the difference. And my final tip for focusing on careers is graduate school is a busy time. There's a lot of things going on, assignments, projects. That's why you go to school, right, is to learn. I would caution to focus especially on those recruiting times. Usually there's only a few weeks or a month or two um, each year when recruiting is the strongest. During those times, I would definitely prioritize practicing for interviews rather than trying to get straight A's on everything you turn in just during those couple of weeks. One example that I have is a good friend who was going back to get um, a full-time offer. He went to a career conference. He knew that practicing interviews was so important that he actually chose not to room with me and some other friends from graduate school, but instead got his own hotel room, which is a little more expensive, but he thought it was worth it. And he spent seven hours just practicing his interview stories and answering specific uh, questions that often come up so that he was ready for those interviews. And it made a huge difference. Even though he came from a background without any big names on his resume, the stories he told were so compelling that he was able to get seven plus offers from some of the uh, Fortune 500 companies that were at that conference and that that interview preparation for him was key. So once again, that fifth lesson is really get into the program, but focus on specifically understanding what your target companies are looking for. When do they interview? What are they? What kind of stories and interviews should you be doing? And are you doing enough practice in order to address their needs? That wraps up the five lessons that I hope you can know, and I wish I had known before going into graduate school. In the meantime, I encourage you to leave a review on this podcast if you haven't already, so it's easier for others to find it. In case you weren't able to catch all of the details from today's episode, I recommend going to diggingforinsights.com six, where you can download your free PDF version of the tips and suggestions I've covered today. Until next time, I'm wishing you the best as you dig for insights that will grow your career and your business.